Huh? Are you stupid? Are you dumb? Welcome back. Welcome back. Another episode. Mind Bully podcast with Norrin Sodiase. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much, honestly. Another week, another glorious week with yours truly. And I'm so thankful to share this platform with you. I'm so blessed, man. I'm thankful for the position I'm in to talk and speak and grow and live through this podcast with each and every one of you. So if you're happy and you're successful and you're blessed as well, please do me one favor. Go listen to my last episode, (laughs) How to Stop Losing in 2022. I talked about some of the things that would bring and build and grow inside of you to get you to where you want to be this year. Hopefully you stay tuned and tied into those goals that you had. It's only been a week. So come on. If you haven't, I'm going to need you to turn the tide right now. But let's get back on track. Let's grow together this week. This podcast, please, if you love this type of content as well. Do me a favor and rate and review this podcast. It does a lot to grow the platform, to let people know what we're building with this Mindbully podcast. And it means a lot to me as well. So from me to you, thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to give you two seconds to do that now. Obviously, that was longer than two seconds, but you get the point. But thank you so much. Let's get into this episode. Guys, 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 feel good, feel good episode with yours truly. I feel like it's always important to really just reset the room, say what I'm currently dealing with, my current struggles, my current day to day, and see if it connects with you guys. I'm selfish, you know, I'm I'm actually selfish. You know why? Here's why. I love you guys. I love talking. I love chatting. I love, you know, speaking with and to you guys, the feedback, everything. I love my guests, but I, I I need my room back. All right. I need my voice back. I want to talk and connect with you guys in a different way. I definitely find value in all the guests that I've had. I know a lot of you guys love the guests. I know a lot of you guys love just me. Well, <laughs> hopefully you just get just me. Well, well, you do get just me. And I just want to take the time to kind of reintroduce myself and my situation and everything that I'm going and I'm dealing with current day to get this 2022 rolling. So, hi, I'm Norrance. All right. <laughs> you guys know me. But a lot of you guys don't actually know my situation and what I've got going. And I feel like if you're new to the Mind Bully podcast, you can relate with somebody that's going through a life transition in and out, in and out, up and down, taking on so many things, wearing so many different hats. Because for a lot of you, You're doing the same thing, which leads me to this week's episode, Court to Corporate, Life After Sports, that transition and the struggles that no one talks about. I connect with this so deeply. And here's why. A week ago, I get a call from my agent. He's like, well, Norrance, uh, there's like several teams that want you to come play, you know, the the round sphere that you dribble up and down. It's the orange thing, the basketball. Yeah. Couple teams want you to come play. What what's what's it gonna be? And I was hesitant. And here's why I was hesitant. <laughs> Spit it out. I always stumble over my words. Hesitant. Here's why I was hesitant. 
rewind again back in uh back this summer I was blessed with the opportunity to take a pretty big time position now that I think of it <laughs> um at a tech company a big tech company and it was actually a whole process which I can actually tell a little bit later but it was a whole process how I, I got the job but I got the job and I was still playing and I was still working out basketball-wise, but I feel like as we're young, we're supposed to explore every avenue that God puts in, for, in front of us. Like every opportunity, it's time to take advantage of it. So I did. <laughs> I took it serious. Um, I Actually, I wasn't going to take it serious. Let me just tell the story. How about that? Okay, so let's say June. June, I was working out every day. I would wake up. My schedule would be I would wake up at like 5.30. I'd go to the gym at 6. I'd be at the gym literally, it's not an ex- not exaggeration, 6 to about 12.30, meaning I'd, I'd go in probably 6 to 8, court work, then I'd go lift about 8 to 10.30-ish, then I'd do footwork stuff on the turf and running sprints. Uh, that'll take up some time. And then Pilates and, um, and just mobility at the end. All that... I'll go home about 12 and then read books. I'm into stocks and trading and at that time. So I was just reading on that and no life in that stuff until like three o'clock. And then I give myself some time from three to five to just, you know, either nap and then the rest of the day goes whatever. So that was my day to day in the summer. One day, one marvelous day. I say marvelous, but I didn't take advantage of it. But here's the day. One day, I get this email that says, hey, Norts, are you ready for a new career challenge? And it's like the NBA had this player development program. And I was like, bro, what is this? Like, And I put it off. I put it off. So I continue my routine for another couple days. And I get this an- another alert from the same email. And it's like, when do I ever get a second alert from the same email? Like, it was God. And the thing about it is it was already the last day to submit your resume had already passed. So I was like, eh, I don't know why God, you told me to look at this email, but okay. And so I sent my resume just matter of fact, like, Oh, oops. I sent it either way. The next day I'm getting blown up by the recruiter. She's blowing me up. Hey, I didn't know if this was standard or I thought I was the chosen one. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this serious. The recruiters hit me up, blowing me up. Next thing you know, um, I get a call from one of the managers, like some a big situation. I get a call, brief uh, phone call, and then I hang it up. Next day, I call my friend, Jasmine Smith. She was actually on the episode. Jasmine Smith, I'm, she's the only friend I knew in corporate. So I was like, uh, said, said, said so-and-so company. She was like, Norts, you need to take that serious. That's a big deal. And then after that, from that moment, I went full force. Hope hopefully guys, this is making sense because I'm just flowing. But after that moment, she said, Norts, take this serious. I took it serious. So I went from sending in my resume late to locking in and like paying attention to how I can secure this position. After that day, I had two more phone interviews. And I mean, he was like, bro, the, the interviewer was like, expect something good to come soon. And so after that, the interview day comes and I have like six rounds again. It's two days. It's a big thing. 
of hours and they're asking me so many questions and I'm like, Ugh, little old Norris from Fort Worth, Texas. I don't know this shit, but you know, giddy as hell. I'm I'm answering it. I'm doing I'm doing well. And I can actually tell I'm great at reading people. I can tell they were, I was like, they they fucking with the kid. They like me. So after grueling so many weeks of just test testing myself, no life in this, watching countless YouTube videos of interviews, because I had know nothing about corporate life. I was just no life in it. And so after weeks like that, and I actually didn't tell this, I flew. I literally, when I take something serious, I take it serious. I literally, for the six rounds of interviews, I flew to Denver to stay with a friend because I'm like, okay, I got to lock in. I literally flew to Denver. After that, they said, we'll hear from, you'll hear back from us in about two weeks. I'm like, all right, whatever. I get a call in two days, two days later. And it's like, hey, great news. You got the job. And there's a thing that there's a level of excitement that I had for sure. But I called Andrew immediately and I'm like, bro, I got the job and I don't feel excited. It's just like, all right, next thing. What do I do? How do I? And that's totally different. But I got this job. I secured this position. Yes, it's great. Things are working out. But then basketball, I still am a basketball player. I still have a goal of being an NBA player. How do I make this work? Come November, I go to Detroit, which you guys know. I go to training camp. I get hurt in training camp. Kind of a screwed up situation. Just trying it out. I'm like, God, I'm going after everything. So I did the job. You gave me this opportunity. I took it. I got it. I'm running with it. Cool. I'm, I got this basketball opportunity. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it. Cool. And it didn't work out in Detroit. I ended up coming back home. I was at home the rest of, I think, December, November, December. I was back home. So I was back home doing this job that was taking so much of my time. Obviously, Mind Bully podcast, which I love to do, but very time consuming. And I'm just doing those every day, every day, every day. And I get this call. <laughs> Last week from my agent, it's like, all right, basketball, come back. <laughs> and part of me was just like, nah, bro, I'm comfortable. I got a good thing going. I'm getting breaded, like I'm getting paid well. And I'm having this podcast. And I, whenever that time comes, it comes when I'm to bounce a basketball again. But I love what I'm doing right now. Well, God kind of forced my hand. Obviously, I wanted to do it, but. I was in a player pool. Since I played with Detroit, my name was in a pool. And with COVID, they need players. They're like, Norrance, we need you. Like, we like come play with us. And if I didn't, say a team claimed me, and I didn't. if I didn't report in 48 hours, I could get suspended for two years. Or the other option was to pull my name for the rest of the year and, and try to come back in November. I was like, I'm not doing that. But – Selfishly, I would like a comfortable time to say, hey, Norrance has arrived. I'm ready to play. And as we know, that's not realistic. So I get a call from Friday. He's telling me the teams are like this one team in New York. They're going to pull you up. They're going to pull you up. They're going to call you. They're going to call you. And I'm like, uh, and I'm kind of hesitant. Right. The next day he's like, well, that team didn't call you. But Greensboro Swarm, they picked up your name and you're going to Greensboro. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. So. I'm not whatever, but I was happy for it. Two days later, I'm in Greensboro at a practice after not practicing for like two months because I hurt my leg. I would always work out, but 
boy was huffing and puffing at first practice. I felt like I was about to die. My chest was about to come out my damn body. But aside from court to corporate, I want to talk about the transition after the sport. This episode, literally, I had notes and everything from court to corporate. But literally, as I'm speaking on this, there's something burning inside of me that wants to tell and talk about just the overall transition and what athletes or people that come from these positions where it takes so much time of their life transitioning into the next them. Your mind really says so many different things like you can't do it. You're this person. You ain't that. And when it's time to be that next person, it's hard to change. That's kind of where I want to take this exact episode. The transition after sports. What has been some of your biggest challenges in your transition out of sport? What is the biggest hurdle and the biggest problems you face? For me, this is an easy answer. This one is identity and finding who I am in the new things and the new endeavors that I take on. Like, who am I outside of basketball? That's been the biggest challenge for me. I feel like if you're listening, you can relate to this. Whenever you're going through a transition in your life where you're leaving a big stage or a big position or something that you valued to feel kind of lost because you're displaced. It's almost like you're starting over. You go from someone telling you where to be, when to be, what to eat, when to eat, when to sleep, where to sleep, who you're around who you're not around, what your schedule's looking out, what workouts you're doing. You go from all of those to just freedom, I guess, if you will. And it's like when you're in college, when you're in athletics, you're like, hell yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the day I can just do this shit on my own. I can't take this. You're going through the weeds of practice, workouts, Coach getting on your ass. Y'all running lines for nobody. Y'all running lines for somebody missing class. Like, uh, uh, I can't wait till I break free. I'm an individual. Like, you want to be yourself so much. And then when you're yourself, you're like, uh, damn, this shit look tough. What the hell? Like, how people do this? That has been my biggest transition. It's just finding yourself outside the pack. Like, finding yourself outside the confines of a team and a structured type of practice. It's just, it's been hard, man, to be honest. And if you're listening, I feel like you can connect with this. If you are making a transition from field to field or, or even athletics to career, just connecting with that in-between stage, that new chapter of your life where it's hard to see who you're going to be. It's hard to see progress. Like when I'm playing basketball and I'm working out and I'm lifting, I'm saying, Ooh, Oh yeah. The body turning into a Greek God. Like I can see progress, but when you're kind of divorcing the life that you known for so many years, not even in college, it's four years in college, but before that it was in high school, before that it was in middle school, before that it was grade school. Like you've mapped out your whole life. to fit this one sport, to fit this one level of success, to fit this one goal in your head, and then boom, it's done. All right, you're done. Now find out the rest of your life. 
I feel like if you're listening, that is so crazy of a change. Honestly, I read somewhere, right? That an athlete transitioning out of basketball, out of football, out of volleyball, out of soccer, obviously just any sport, they should be taken through a program like the military. You know how military, they transition out of the military. It's hard to live life. It's hard to to find a job. You kind of get that mindset of, oh, I'm in the military. I'm in the Air Force. You already, you're so used to one structured routine. You get up probably 4 a.m. You you do things every single day, like strategically. Literally, they say it's kind of the same for athletes. And for to some degree, I agree. Like, it is... I don't think enough people talk about how the change for a lot of people can go either great and find success because athletes are so driven and they're so goal oriented that they can go, go, go. That's why you see them as big time CEOs in 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 just high level positions or you see athletes strung out on drugs. They're locked up. Things didn't go their way because of that lack of structure and that lack of purpose. Thankfully, God is uh, I, I'm I'm just fortunate to have great parents and have a great backing to to be able to stay on the strict and narrow. And obviously, I'm playing basketball again, but and a job. But I I think there's something to be said of that time, that in between stage, to where you don't know what your next turn is. You don't know what to do next. You feel like you're lost because you don't have it figured out. Your mind bullish probably telling you so many things like you'll never make it. You're not worthy. You ain't you don't know what you're doing. Like you're stupid. You're ugly. You're fat. That's one thing. Sorry, not you're fat, but yeah, you're fat. That's a huge thing. Fitness, the fitness level, the fitness piece is crazy. You go from going to workouts every single day, grinding with your team, probably on Fridays. You, you On Fridays, we had this huge like team workout where we're, it's the tough day. And then you go out like after we had our sorry, you guys know me. We would have like tough Fridays where we'd have 5 a.m. workouts. We grind and we grind and we end at like seven. And then you have class, but you feel so good because the tough workout. Now the weekend, you go to the pool, the ladies see you with your shirt off, you know, yeah. Like you outside, you go out, like, you know what time it is. But how do you recreate that when it's just you? Like, do you have that motivation to grind for hours in the gym? Where does the food aspect come in too? Like, like what do you eat? We go from training table. They tell us what to eat, when to eat, like, what not to eat to, all right, here's a Friday where most of the world, we trying to turn up. We trying to go out. We trying to eat whatever. And you end up just doing it. And a lot, like I see a lot of athletes, they tend to struggle with um, weight issues, which is a huge idea, but it's more so of the structure and the change that they're dealing with. Like, how do you go from somebody planning out your meals to kind of not even having the time to work out like you used to? And then when you're working out, you're not satisfied with the workout. You're like, dang, I'm used to like, dang, I'm used to feeling a different level of like pain. Like, but I don't have that in me to push myself to that point. But I'm just so used to seeing myself as like 
healthy and strong and a different version of myself? How do I balance between the mindset and my mind bullet getting to me like, oh, hell no. Nah. You remember what you used to do, bro? You ain't shit now. You ain't going to be to that level. How do you balance that? I feel like that is another huge issue that a lot of people don't even talk about or think about that athletes or anybody making a transition physically in their body deals with. You go from a time where you were the champion of the world, mountain climber, runner, fitness guru, tough, 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 Greek God. Like I'd say, I'm a Greek God now. I put in the work, but you go from that time to present day to not saying that you're lazy because you're not, but you just have so many other things in your life that you're focused on that doesn't all that automatically cook in a awesome world champion workout. How do you stay the same on the fitness level? And when you drop the fitness level, can you give yourself grace and be like, all right, I'm not an athlete anymore. It's so it's a tough mental battle that a lot of us face. I think another another huge transition Tell me that I honestly don't deal with because I've always had a great um, perspective on this. I honestly will say this, but I know a not unlaunch spit it out. I know a lot of athletes and a lot of people in transition or let's say, like I said, the military, the Air Force. I have friends in the military and the Air Force transitioning out. Say you're at this high position. You're on the basketball team. Everybody knows you on campus that position or you're in the military, you're in the Air Force, everybody knows you at this high ranking position. I don't know what they're called, whatever. You're sergeant of the world, whatever. How do you become a quote unquote normal citizen? Like what's the ego trip for you? Because a lot of athletes and a lot of people in high ranking positions prior in their life, they have this celebrity status. So when they walk in, people know them. People are like, hey, so-and-so from the basketball team hey sergeant of the world like they know you as this one person and then boom when a transition hits you walk in them same rooms and you you looking for people to say hey but nigga we don't know your ass who are you my boy who are you like a lot of athletes in in general perspective i was gonna say perspective specifically have this issue because they think they're so a huge celebrity on campus, which they probably are, to be honest. They're making the school a lot of money. They're making the team happy. They're making the city happy, whatever. Um, they go from that to kind of a regular person like they are in the first place. It was just their position. But how is the ego trip? Your mind believe was saying, oh, I'm all this, all that. And now you're just like you think you're all this, all that. But hey, buddy. Come come back to your cubicle. <laughs> you you have a call in 10 minutes. Like, how do you go from that to that? It, that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. For me, again, I said that I didn't have this issue because I always am a self-deprecating kind of guy. I'm a, a down-to-earth, fun-loving. I love to talk to everybody and, like, get that connection with everybody from the top coaches top people at the university to our managers, to the support staff, to Jimbo Fisher, little Jimbo at the gym. Um, I was always a person that really cared about people, talked to them and got to know their stories. I kind of stayed grounded. Again, it's not because of me. I think it's because of my parents and how I grew up. 
it kind of kept me grounded in even when people would like to say, hey, you're this, you're that. I'm like, bro, you ain't shit. My boy I had this, I guess, mind bully, positive mind bully. <laughs> now, in my head telling me like, bro, stay down to earth and talk to people. Because I feel like the real connections and the real equity in life is relationships, like I always say. And building relationships, you never know who can bless you the next day. Here I go preaching. But no, that's how I really would like to say I, I ca- followed up my college career and just my career in life in general. And so I never had that celebrity status in my head. So that transition was an easy thing for me. So when I transitioned to this job and I'm talking to people in the job, I never am kind of speaking down at them. I'm like, hey, I'm just one of the guys, one of the people on the team ready to serve and ready to you know, pour in into what we're doing. But I know for a lot of people, that's an issue. And it's nothing to say for their character. And maybe a little bit. But I feel like the position you're in, the job that you have, the sport that you're in, that plays a part. Like, it's something to be said with that being ripped away. It's hard to dis-chain yourself or to to stay away from that mindset of, hey, I I just scored 30. Like I was just killing like two months ago. Now I'm in a cubicle. Like it's hard to change that mental switch. And I feel like for a lot of people making a huge transition in their life, that switch has been tough. And the thing that I would say about that tough switch to those dealing with that is that life is an ongoing, just a humbling experience. It's like, who are you becoming in your next version of life? Like, who are you becoming in this new stage? It's focusing on who you are as a person and where you want to be and kind of knowing that your real you was never attached to that sport that you were in the first place. It's understanding that life is one big humbling ass experience. It's like getting crossed or getting dunked on. Like, you're going to keep getting dunked, getting your ass dunked. Every single day in this life, it's embracing that and dusting yourself off and coming back and getting your ass up and ready for the next defensive possession. That's kind of life. Like, it's scary, though. It honestly is scary for a lot of us making that transition. It's like, okay, great. I'm not Norris, the basketball player. What does that not look like? Not look like. What does that look like? Like, okay. What are my hobbies? I know I talked about this on previous episodes, but that is actually why I don't have hobbies. It's like without basketball, something that you've done for a huge part of your life, going everything, throwing your whole self at this one thing. I never had time for anything else. So it's like if you're making that transition into a new job, into a new field and you're divorcing who you were before that is really hard to kind of get a grasp of like what do you actually like to do when it's just you like when you don't have to wake up at 6 a.m and go grind like what do you like to do on the weekends post and it's not just like the oh we want a game to turn up but like what are the small things that you like to do that you can connect with others with I feel like this this is huge for the transition and kind of mentally give yourself some grace and some peace and okay I'm I'm building on me like actually me 
like, yeah, your sport and your field was great and what you used to do, that structure was great for just building who you are today. But who am I? Who am I when I choose my day to day? Who am I when I'm building my structure? Who am I when I know my next tomorrow? Nobody else knows, but I have a choice to say, I'm going to go to that job or not. Like you didn't really have a choice in college. Who am I with choices? I'm probably going on another tangent here, but I have this on my heart because a lot of people, we have this one goal. We're going after professional, professional, professional. Luckily, by the grace of God, I'm still blessed to play professionally. But a lot of people aren't have that same luxury. Like who are you post your sport? And it's hard because I I don't know if this is an NCAA thing, a, a parenting thing, a lifestyle thing, but for a lot of us, after that buzzer sounds, one, half the athletes aren't worried about their grades because they're going after this goal of school, eh, hooping, Basketball, grinding, winning, yes. And you're getting fueled by, oh, you going to the league. Your parents or your environment or your friends, you going to the league. Bump that school. I was blessed to have Nigerian parents. They're like, boy, you better, like, it, if you know immigrant Nigerian parents, they ain't playing that, boy. You, like, you're going to get great grades. But who are you when you have all this outside pressure, like the league and your your coach is like, oh, you want to go to the league? Who's worried about me, actually? Who cares about, okay, what if something does work, doesn't work out? I don't know. I just feel like there needs to be a program in place to get players out of the system almost. Like you can't just have a player in your system going after this one goal. Okay, boom, it's over. Now, what are they supposed to go off of? Yeah, you say academics, academics. Let's be honest. Half of these, they y'all not worried about academics. Y'all worried about wins. What about the players that don't make it to that next level? Where are they? And if they come from different backgrounds, where do they land? Like, I know a lot of former athletes are back in these tough neighborhoods trying to make ends meet off of not the right practices to make ends meet like they're not in the perfect or best position to be successful and there's one on the individual yeah you take responsibility but they're on the system honestly it's it's so different than being a regular person honestly because a regular person they go to school they have their choices they make them they you know but an athlete, you're you're kind of pushed towards one thing. And if your center focus is this one thing, like the apple of your eyes is basketball, grinding. You're not worried about anything else because everything in your life and everyone is telling you, don't worry about that. Worry about this. And then when that is over, what now? Are you guys telling me to worry about this now? Like, it's hard to kind of make that change on your own. Who's there for you? I think it's on the institutions to really actually care about people 
actually care about people and their progression in life outside of sports. Yeah, you have your little programs, but them little programs, if they weren't mandatory, people weren't going. We weren't going to that. Why? Because, bro, we just had 6 a.m. workouts. We had 300 club where we had to get 300 shots. We had another workout, our individuals. We had like four classes. We had study hall. We had training table. We, we finally get a little hour to watch Netflix. And you telling us we have this um we have this little career uh, specialist that wants to tell you about a life after sports. We're like, bro, we ain't going to that if it's not mandatory. Ew, excuse me. I don't think that's a real actual practice to to help players. It's like just an added struggle in their day. It's an added chore. Like if we could find a way to get out of the little unneeded chores we were out of them i feel like it needs to be a mandatory kind of cooked in thing in the structure of the athletes day to day to think about after the sport because even if they're successful and they're grinding and they're going after it and they do make the pros there's still an after the buzzer sounds for you there's still after that and you're probably going to be what 35 to 40 when that happens who are you then who are you then Divorced from that sport. Who are you then divorced from that field and that position? That's where we need programs in place that really care about athletes. Not athletes, people. That's my point. See, I can't even, even me, I just did it myself. I can't even break the two apart. Who actually cares about the individual? And maybe I'm just rambling, but that's really on my heart to to speak about today because I'm blessed with my position to actually do both and want to do both. I'm a crazy person, whatever. But what if you aren't at that position and you're kind of transitioning to just one side of life? How do you find that that motivation to get to that next level? Do you have that push and that structure behind you to help you get to that next level? That's a tough thing for a lot of people. And I feel like this platform, I'd be remiss to not share my experience and to be there for somebody making that transition. Like, hey, you're not alone. Hey, you can do this. Hey, if you ever need uh, somebody to lean on, somebody to talk to about your transition, there's so many of us like that. But you can talk to me because it's a tough thing to kind of battle and go through. And the great thing about athletes is we pull through. We've been through so much. We dealt with ambiguity. We dealt with tough practices. We dealt with tough coaches, tough games, just changes, switches. We're so good on the fly is that after the sport ends, you kind of forget that you're so good on the fly. So there's so much to look forward to. You just got to know and to flip that switch to say, yes, I can do this. I am this. I've built that that core discipline in me from the sport. Yeah, the sport's over, but I have some inside of me and it has to just be built up and brought out in different ways. And just some more on the transition out of sport and some of the challenges, it kind of makes me think. This isn't a challenge, but just a a mental note. I always envied, well, admired those great athletes. Like they were so good at their sport and 
they're so good at their field or what they wanted to do after the sport. Like when I think of this, I think of this one person. I don't know why it just came in my head. Kylie Ritterman. She's she used to play volleyball, great volleyball player, but she's an engineer now. And she's the chillest, most funny, like lax girl there is. But I always kind of secretly admire like, wait, how is she doing that? Like she's a genius, but she's good at her sport and she's just chill. Like, how is she doing that? Like, I'm the opposite. If I'm, yeah, I'm a chill. Like, I'm not chill. I'm a beat high, whatever. But, like, how could I do that? What does that look like? Am I locked in basketball player? How can I do that and be an engineer? It it wouldn't be, though. Wouldn't be, though. Can I speak? It wouldn't be so for me at all. So I always looked at people like her like, damn, how is she doing that? I was so lock in, go, 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 basketball. And I I will always disregard everything else in my life. I was a good student, but like, come on. If I tell you my, like, what is the minor in my major? I have no idea. I don't know, like, the technicalities of my major. I kind of just picked one, honestly. See, another tangent. Literally, that's a thing that needs to be corrected, in my opinion. Like, so many athletes, they just pick, I'm not shitting on this major. ESS at tech, like ESS major, exercise, sports science, like whatever, like whatever is going to get me through. They kind of pick a major and kumbaya, I hope it works. There's something to be said about actually sitting down with the student athlete and, hey, what do you want to do after the sport? How can we get him to be that after the sport? Not just, oh, we're going to string and milk you as much as we can because you provide value. Then, boom, when the buzzer doesn't sound anymore, uh, go out on the real world, go out onto this real world with, you know, your little ESS major. And here you go. No skills with the job, no no practices, uh, no internship, but here you go. No internships because you had to stay uh, summer one, summer two, all four years. You were there <laughs> the whole time. You only went home on Christmas break for a day. Here you go out to the world. Like where is those programs in place to actually help that kid get that job? I feel like in a transition after sport. It takes years. Like, it's not just a month thing. Like, okay, you graduate, what, April? Uh, You probably try to get a job by August. That's not a thing. Like, how? And it's not only just sports. It's actually people in college. But there's something to be said. Knowing that you are with this one person for a majority of your life. Like, you got a scholarship. You've grinded to get to this level. It played out through college. And then, boom, it's done. It's hard to dis, I said disavow, it's hard to divorce that person and become this new person stepping into this new life and just get it immediately. How do we bring something that helps people get to that level? And it's not just a position, it's mentally, it's physically, it's emotionally, it's the motivation, the passion, the, okay, this is what I'm doing now. How do we make that change a swifter and a smoother process. I'm asking this open-ended question because I don't know. I don't know how we make that process smooth. Like I still have my own struggles. Like before this job, even with this job of, of basketball and now with the job that I have, there's this kind of 
weak moment or a, a mindset where obviously I had a, a situation in Germany last year where I had a tough time playing basketball, but I don't like watching basketball and it's kind of weird. Like I can watch every other sport. I love sports, but basketball, it kind of is a trigger. Like, or if I'm watching it, I compare myself to different players, like not anything against the players, just honestly me and my mindset of what I went through. And it really, it's hard to watch basketball. And I know if you're listening and you're making a transition out of sport, you might feel the same way. Like you've, you spent your whole life going after this one thing and something didn't go your way in a, a, a moment in time that it didn't play out the way you wanted to. And it's like, damn, I love the game, but does the game love me back? Like you were loyal to this thing for years in your life and now it's just over. There's one thing to be said about knowing that this day will come to an end. A lot of players do. But what if you had no clue? What if you thought this was going to be your end goal? Not that you were unrealistic, but you were going after this goal and boom, it just changed. Like you got an injury or things just didn't play out. It wasn't how you thought it would be. Or you're working and you're trying to grind for different spots. You're in these little positions, but they can't cover your life. Like this little money that you're making ain't sufficient enough to make a living. Then you have a kid or a wife or a family. When is that moment for you? How does that, what does that look like? And then what are your triggers after that, like my trigger is honestly watching the game. Like, how can I give my life to this game? And then I'm just left empty handed. What does your mind bully say to you in that moment? When you're clicking through the channels and you can't touch that dial to watch that game and sit there. What are the triggers and what are the things playing out in your head? For me, it's just thinking of Germany and the bad, like you're not good enough. You'll never get there. You're a terrible player. You shouldn't be on this level. Go back home. Like I'm thinking about all those things just playing and playing in my head. And it kind of makes me envious of players that can watch the sport. Like you guys actually find joy watching this. It looks so it's so stressful because you guys know the ins and outs of this game. It's not just entertainment. Like you guys know the politics that goes behind this. So how can you watch that? Almost like I'll get mad at people watching their sport. Like, how can I do that? And that's just the, the negative emotions and the mindset that's playing in my head sometimes when I'm watching the game. And if you're listening, what does that look like for you? Hopefully it doesn't look like anything because you don't have the same issue. But if you do, what are the ways that you try to get over that and try to work through that? I know me, I call God, man. Without God, it makes a whole lot tougher. It makes it so I'm always at this baseline of frustration and anger this is previous but like whenever I'm thinking about the game it's always a negative emotion attached if it wasn't for God I would I would always be pissed I'll probably harm something or myself if it's if not for God I would be in shambles but switching gears I wanted to highlight some of the key differences from court to corporate. I go from this fired up environment to conquer the world, run through a door for each other, 
like you're low key forced to be friends with <laughs> your teammates at first. And then you build like a real relationship. Like I've been with these people. I live with these people. Okay. We're, we would actually run through a door for each other to, uh, let's just stick to our LinkedIn profile. Like you don't actually even add them on other socials. You don't actually connect with them. It's just strictly business work. So I'm like, when I started this position, I was just asking one of the ladies. Like, I'm like, look, I, I ain't no corporate buff. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be fake. Sorry if you're, you, you're in the corporate world. But I just thought that was the world of corporate and just that life, like in big tech. Like, you got to be fake. You have to, oh, talk all different. Like, oh, ooh, that's a huge thing. Oh, my God. If I hear high-level overview one more time or circle back, circle back with this ass woman, circle back with this goddamn slap. Cause I hate those ter- that terminology. It's just, I it's the fakest thing in the world. It's like high level overview. Just bro, give me the rundown. Give me the scoop, quick. But I hear this high level overview. Uh, we'll circle back. Uh, talk track. I hate that shit. So I was telling her like, how do I just be myself? I, I'm you know me as of now. Mindbully podcast. You know I'm stubborn. So I'm asking her like, how do I be Norris in this job? Because I ain't about to do that little bullshit. Like, I'm a person. I feel like you guys wanted me for this position because of my people skills. I talk. I'm a good serviceman to other people. So that ain't me if I'm saying, well, um, I'll circle back if, like, that's not me. I'm not doing that. Ill. Like, no. Like, hey, bro, holla at me later. That's more me. Obviously, you got to be professional. But I had the biggest time or hurdle trying to jump from being an actual person to being this robot. Also, also, this is huge. Like you go from a basketball world of, you can't just say, eh, I'll come in tomorrow. Like, no, you're coming in every single day. You're not missing a workout. And if you do, you have to have like, you have to be dying. Like you literally have to be dying to, I'm on the computer. I'm on the laptop. I'm seeing O-O-O-O-O-T-O, like out of the office, out of office. I'm like, for what? How can you just do that? Like, are you dying? Are all of you guys dying on the same day over and over and over? Like, how do you PTO all this? I'm like, wait, they can still pay your ass if you don't show up. Like, these are the different challenges or changes in my head that I'm like, okay, wow. They allow these people to actually have their life outside of what they do. Oh my God. But the main thing about the transition, like I said, is just like the language and how to approach people. Like you can't just yell and scream at somebody because you know them. You're in the weeds with them every day. You know how they respond to something. You can't just get that out of them by that way. That tactic doesn't work. You can't just say, hey, bro, let's get it. Like we got to go. Like some people in the workplace. Oh, my God, he's so aggressive. Like he'll call HR on your ass and you have a problem. Like HR is another thing. Not saying I'm a totally abusive person. It's just like, bro, what, what the hell do I need that for? Obviously, there's so many other real reasons. I'm not shedding no like no if ands or buts about it. That's an issue. But I'm saying like, bro, how do I get that same thing out of a person in corporate world? Like, I don't know. I just feel like sports is less fluff, like less BS. I can call you out like, bro, shut your shut your ass up, boy. You is not working, my boy. You better come on. Like, let's get it. it how do you do that with corporate? I'm, I don't know. I'm having a hard time being Norrance. To wrap this up, I know this was a different type of episode, but just to circle back, 
Oh, God, I'm doing it. I just said I will never say that just to tie it all together. Here's what you need to know about your transition. If you're going through a stage in your life, not even if you're an athlete or not, if you're going from one place to the other, that's totally unfamiliar than everything you've ever known. Ask yourself this one question and I guarantee you it will provide so much clarity for you in your next situation. What are the things from your sport that you can translate to your world today? What are the traits that you have? that others might not have. One of the main things that I think is really key and is really valuable in everything in life in every field or position that you're in is the focus and the intention and the locked in aspect of an athlete. Like you already have that one trait that a lot of people don't have. Like you live that. Another thing I said was we don't really feel pressure. We don't really fear pressure as an athlete. I talked about some of my struggles on the court of of not being as confident as as I should be before. But in life, I'm I'm never not confident. And if you're listening, you probably if you have confidence issues, I feel like as an athlete, it kind of brings out the real dog in you. Like you don't fear that pressure because you're pressured every day by your coaches. Like you better touch the line or we run it again, or you better not miss a blockout or you better guard your man or you're running bleachers. Like you don't fear that pressure because you feel that every single day in practice, you feel it every single day in games, you feel it every single workout. You're kind of built for this baseline of, huh? I have responsibilities I have to meet. Let me meet them, meet them, meet them. Another thing is athletes got some shit to them, bro. And everybody in life needs some shit to them. You're dealing with people from different cultures, different backgrounds. They might have had a bad day. They might just talk to you crazy. And you just have a backbone like, uh-uh, hell no, nah, bro. I ain't going for that. Like, you might be the sweetest athlete, but you got some shit to you. Like, because in games, high emotions, emotions flaring, Again, this is a sidebar, but so many people, if you're watching as a regular fan and you're like, oh, my God, how can he push him in the game? Like he should be suspended for five games. Like you don't really know the day to day, like the 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 emotions that go on in battle. Like you don't know. So shut up. Like they're not they're going to hug and hug it out after the game. But those raw emotions, they got that shit to them. Like they got that mentality. That's cooked in from the day-to-day, the practice, and the culture of the sport. You already have that. Another thing is the competition. You're so used to competition pushing you to the next level. A lot of people, if they didn't play sports or they're not in this type of environment, they might, not shitting on everybody that doesn't play sports, but they might not like crumble or live up to that competition that competitive nature that you might you're used to it like you have to push and get your teammates better every single day so you're used to somebody might get the best of me this day or I'm gonna come back and get his ass tomorrow like you're used to that which is so needed in the workplace like you got a number on your head that you got to hit this one number that you're dealing with this client that needs that. And you got to push them through this and they you got to get through this initial blocker to get there. Like you're so much pressure is on you that most people might not know how to handle that. But you're like, bro, <laughs> I've dealt with this 
all my life. That knowing of how to handle that pressure can help you in your next career move. Another thing is former athletes are flexible, like just so flexible, not not literally, but your flexibility is uncanny, to be honest. Like you're dealing with, oh, the play doesn't work out. Let's deal with this to get to that next level. Oh, your your coach tore his ACL from, from trying to demonstrate something crazy. Let's go without a coach to the next game. Okay, we can do this. Oh, somebody didn't show up for practice. He's suspended. Okay, how do I fit that role? You're so used to ambiguity and flowing and, and different changes in your day-to-day in your game, in your sport, in your life, that you're kind of just used to shit going south. So when you're going to the workplace and shit goes south, you're not, ah, you're not going crazy. You're like, all right, I'm used to this. If you're listening, I feel like if, even if you're not an athlete and you're going through a huge transition and you have these traits and you have this knowledge, this kind of mindset or hearing This kind of speech, if you will, is reassuring you like, hey, I got what it takes to actually run and grow in my new position or a position that I'm pursuing. Like, I'm not a nobody because I don't actually know what I want to do, but I know that I have the traits to do it. I have the traits to do anything in this life. That's the beauty of sports. Yes, there should be a way to transition out of the sport, but the thing that the sport teaches you. You literally can't be taught anywhere else, anywhere else. Like you get to hang out and grow and learn from so many different cultures. Again, this is another tangent, but I feel like if everybody in the world played sports, like really, we'd be so much more connected with all this societal issues. I don't want to go too deep, but like this would be changed with sports. Because you get to actually learn about somebody else. The reason why people are scared of other people or judging other people, because they don't know they ass. Honestly, in my opinion, it's just me. It's just me. It's my belief podcast. But I think people at the core, most people are good people. They just don't know your ass. And I feel like sports is the only one thing that in military or something like that, that You really know them. You live with them. You grow with them. You trust them because you've been through the same battles and adversity. Like I went through uh, family passing away. Uh, You you see people lose their parents. You lose their grandparents, lose their like people that are so close to them. You see like the natural emotions out of people like you're going through tough practices. You're dealing with the same stuff. You really get to know that person. That's what sports does, I think, the most, better than anything else. It brings people together. I think that's the most important thing for people transitioning out of sport to know that you're used to this, man. You're used to service, to service and serving others and to loving others. And that's the main thing needed in every single workplace. Thank you guys so much, so, so much for listening to another episode of the mind bully podcast please 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 if you love this content if you like this episode if you hate this episode please let me know at mind bully podcast on ig mind bully pod on twitter and do me a favor please rate and review this episode it'll do a lot for this content and for myself thank you 
Thank you so much again for that. Peace and love to the next episode. Hey, Genix, you going off?